Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to today's broadcast of Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I am your host, Patrick Honeywell. On today's special podcast, we welcome all the way from Donegal, Ireland, Chef Brian McDermott. Brian owns and operates the Foyle Hotel by Chef Brian McDermott in Moville County, Donegal. And along with his weekly BBC radio show and television appearances, has written three cookery books, including Brian McDermott's Donegal Table, which won the award for the best cookbook in the world written by a restaurant chef at the 2019 Gourmand World Cookbook Awards. Let's check in with Chef Brian. Chef Brian McDermott, how are you? And thanks for coming on the show today. I am very well, Patrick, and I come to you from Donegal here in Ireland. Oh my gosh, you know, you know I, I knew that, but I'll tell you something. <laughs> I am so excited to have you on, Chef, because Donegal, Ireland, uh, birthplace of my grandmother on my father's side, Susan Lafferty, and I have never been there, and it's my dream now, now a bucket list because I've met you. So I'm super excited to learn more about you and about Donegal as well. Looks like a magical place in the in the photos. And again, want to thank you for coming on. And maybe you could give us a little bit of a history, your background a little bit, and then I'll talk about some different things that I have enjoyed in researching you. Well, thank you, Patrick. And I'm delighted to hear that you certainly have some roots based here in Donegal. And I can assure you, whatever time you go to research them, we'll be on hand to to help you and to try and locate somewhere, at least in this beautiful county, perhaps that is related to you. But it is mm. Donegal. It is a beautiful county. So it's it's the most northern county in Ireland as an island. Mm-hmm. It's a border county. So we border with Northern Ireland. We're looking at a population of about 160,000 people. It's the third biggest county in Ireland. So it's quite spread out, you know, from a geographical position. We're on the Inishon Peninsula. So we mm. actually look out over Loch Foyle and we look across to Northern Ireland, which is, is our neighbouring neighbours, both in terms of food, produce, and also they're very close to us, yet they're in a different country technically, mm. and they're in a different county. But we certainly, as time has gone on over the years here in this part of the country, we see them as nothing but peaceful friends to us and hopefully vice versa. But mm-hmm. I can tell you a couple of things about Donegal, which is quite interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been born and raised here, Patrick. So my mum had 12 of us. So mm. I come about fourth. There is eight boys and four girls. And my mum was a cook on my grandfather, which was her dad's potato farm. Hmm. She and her sister cooked for in and around about probably about 130 people per day. And you can guess what was on the menu, can't you? Mm. Fresh dug potatoes each and every day. So, (laughs) you know, it's interesting just growing up and just seeing your mum cooking constantly and by the stove and massive pots that as we all get older, we used to help her curry and what we call team the potatoes, which was literally just to pour the hot water once they were cooked out of them. So that, that's my very, very first distinctive memory, really, of food and I suppose safety and security around the home. Mm-hmm. I read some interviews on you. There's some wonderful interviews. There's one I read in The Taste, it's Ireland's award-winning food, drink and travel magazine. And also uh, Lucinda O'Sullivan's Ireland. She did some things on your hotel, which we'll talk about in a bit, and your restaurant. But one thing in one of the interviews, I think you had mentioned, if I can quote you, your father, he could have told you the field our dinner came from or the fisherman who caught it. And I think that's so cool. So that really speaks to what you just mentioned. 12 kids. I'm one of 10. 
big family and what a story you have. Wow. Yeah, you know, you should always be proud of where you come from and I suppose how you were brought up because there certainly was no luxuries then, but there always was a dinner. And mm. that is so, so important. I mean, the, the eight boys in our house, for example, are all over six foot time, six foot four. So my mom, I always say to her this day, are you sure you did not you did wash the fertilizer off those potatoes? What because was she feeding something you shot us up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think the fertilizer came off the potatoes as they came from the field. <laughs> there's a lot of really neat stories about you and there's some photos of you. And I looked, I look at a photo of say you in front of your hotel. I look at some people and I'm looking at their eyes and I say, where's Chef Brian? And I have to look up, up, up. And there you are. You're, you're tower over everyone. You're so tall. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I say, my whole family is tall. And, and I do mm. go back to, you know, my mom and how she reared us and the fact that food was so important. And, mm. you know, I mentioned there earlier that you've got to be proud of where you come from. And, and I suppose that the interview that you're referring to, I think with the taste.ie, that was me talking just about an upbringing where, you know, I think we've gone full circle with food globally, but particularly here in Ireland, because Ireland is, is known and good for its agriculture. The lush green fields that you imagine very much are that. And that comes from the, the amount of rainfall that we get. But the pastures that produces the grass, that feeds the cows, that produces our wonderful dairy, our cream, our butter and our beef. I mean, that's what I was referring to when I said my dad could literally tell you on the farm or my mum where the potatoes came from, where the root vegetables that were particularly good at growing at came mm. from. Mm -hmm. And if it was fish, you know, we're an island. Um, perhaps we didn't showcase fish as much as what we certainly do now. And it's brought a big focus to me for the last three or four years is mm -hmm. to push that because, you know, internationally, if we want to get known, if we want Irish food to be known, if we want the talents that we all have to be known, well, we've got to scream about it. There's never been a more global audience to do that with the emergence of social media, whether you like it, dislike it, or otherwise, it's still an opportunity to shout about the very rich pastures, the sea, the land, the food, and the produce, and the people that cook it from this lovely island of Ireland. Wow, that, that just really motivates. My wife and I are going to be visiting next year when everything settles down a bit. And I'm so I'm excited to meet you in person. You know where we'll be staying, by the way? Uh, I think we'll stay at the Foil Hotel by Chef Brian McDermott. Now, Lucinda O'Sullivan's Ireland in her, uh, she wrote about you and she said, this is her quote, owned and operated by popular TV chef and author Brian McDermott and his wife, Brenda. So why don't you tell us how that came about, the Foyle Hotel and, and a little bit about your wife and how you work together there. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, we're coming at the moment in a very, very difficult time um, mm. with COVID-19 and a lockdown. So we technically at the moment, like most of the island of Ireland in hospitality, we're closed right mm -hmm. now. And it's mm -hmm. it's difficult to swallow. And, you know, it's also has to be parked in some ways to ensure that Brenda, my wife and my two kids, Neve and Aoife, you know, as a unit and as a family, we come together. And I suppose we appreciate what we have and, and also to realise that, you know, what COVID has caused is something that is just within business uh, and nothing else. So mm -hmm. I suppose I'll take you back to a little bit before that, because for us, we live here in Moville. So Moville is a seaside coastal town. We're close to Greencastle, just a couple of kilometres separates both communities. Greencastle, mm -hmm. a fishing community here mm -hmm. locally. Brenda's from here. I'm from about 20 miles away in a place called Bert, which is another beautiful little village, um, which nestles just directly on the border again with Derry. And building up a career, I suppose I'm a chef now 26 years, and I took on well in my mid-30s, which is a positive and not a negative because I developed 
quite significant cardiac issues oh. and cardiac disease, which is quite young to have, I suppose, encountered that. But you gotta you gotta deal the hand you're dealt and and in coming back and in fighting back and in being resilient and getting myself healthy and well, which I am today and have been for a long time now. One of the things I started to do was to teach cookery and to teach it just on a very small community-based scale. And that sort of got me noticed. It got me into communicating better. It got me into presenting. It got me into focusing on the life skills that are cooking and food and that we have an obligation to pass them on, not just as chefs, but as dads. And as, you know, cultures move on and as we move on and, and sort of our own children come along, we've got to make sure they eat well to be well. So we have to pass on the skills that me or you don't own, Patrick. Mm-hmm. We don't own frying, bacon, grilling. You know, we just pass that information on. And that built up a bit of a career for me in that I got, I suppose, invited to some of the food festivals and then some became more, and then more became a career. <laughs> and, and then you started emceeing, you started presenting, and then you got the invite to come across onto television, to mm-hmm. BBC Radio, to wow. RTE here, who are national broadcasters mm-hmm. on both sides of the border. Mm-hmm. And that is building a career that is, I suppose in some ways, it's led by people who know who you are, but it also brings the challenges in business, which is how can you monetize this and how can you eventually make money? To secure mm-hmm. you and your family, because that is that is ultimately what some of this is about. So mm-hmm. that's, I suppose, where the hotel came about. Um, it's a hotel that had been closed for 12 years mm-hmm. here on the main street. And when a hotel is closed in a small rural town in Ireland, it just sucks the heart out of a town. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a, probably in and around about a two million investment. And just over two years ago, um, we opened it and we were very, very lucky. We got lots and lots of food critiques from all over the island of Ireland and We got fantastic reviews. We got great awards. But more importantly, we employed 26 people. You know, Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest employers in the area when you do that. And that's massive in hospitality. But I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I'm quite emotional now even talking to you because I'm sitting here right now and we're closed. We don't know if we'll ever, ever be able to open again following our huge investment. And, Mm. And that's quite sad because as a family, we took the decision as a family and I've often said it, but, you know, we don't have the backing of a, a board. I mean, our kitchen table at home, that's our boardroom. That's <laughs> where our conversations Aww. start and end as a family. And, you know, this is where you dig deep these days to be resilient. And we can't control what's going on with the pandemic globally, but we can only control the moods and what we eat for our dinner tonight and make mm-hmm. sure that as a family unit, we will stay well until we get to the other side of this, Patrick. We're all cooking at home, and and I've got this book in front of me, and it's a book that's by Chef Brian McDermott, and it's called The Donegal Table. There are some recipes in this book that are unbelievable, and I'm pouring through it, and I've broken down some cool things that I want to talk about it. Before I do that, can you tell us a little bit about why you wrote the book or what inspired you? For me, the book was important because it's my third cookery book, and the importance comes from the point of view of How do you document and share and showcase the journey around the recipes, champion the producers, champion the region and go back to them fundamentals that I talk about, the very ground we walk on, what keeps us on earth, you know, where where is our soil, what is Ireland, Ireland is an island and what do we produce and all of that really was to cultivate it, bring it together and put it into recipes that 
I cook that are realistic, are inspired by my mum and watching her do what she mm-hmm. did. And I set out on the journey, which is is interesting one, just to write this third book. The first two I had sort of self-published and they were quite successful. Mm-hmm. And this one, then we got a publisher on board, which was super exciting. And we'd increased our media presence as well. So we felt that this was a good opportunity to get a book out there nationally and potentially internationally that would represent this fantastic county that we have. And mm. The other thing about it is the table that I keep referring to is, you know, we all have a table, whether you're sitting right now, despite the weather, no matter where you are, whatever's going on, sitting at the table provides solace. Mm-hmm. And if food is there, food's the catalyst. It's a catalyst for conversation. It's the catalyst for remembering. It's a, it's a safety aspect of being around the table. And mm. with 14 of us, you know, the 12 children and my <laughs> mom and dad, we grown up in a three-bedroom house. Not all 14 of us could sit around our table at the one time. So mm-hmm. it depended on where you came in the family. If you were older, you got first. If you were working, you got sitting first. And and this was this is lovely to look back on. But one thing, as I said to you earlier, is we always had a really good, wholesome, balanced, warm dinner. It may have been a one-pot wonder stew style, but mm-hmm. it was always there. There was always a seat at the table. It felt safe. It felt secure and we all love our mum's cooking. So that's where the inspiration came from. And then the table part, just being a Donegal table, which all of us could relate to, hopefully in the same happy memories that I'm sharing with you as a family now. Well, you know, in this book, everything you just mentioned, you pour yourself into the book, you can feel it. And through the beautiful photos too, you know, and the incredible recipes that you share. And you won, I believe it's a Gourmand World Cookbook Award. Yeah, that, that was just the icing on the cake. Um, so we, we had launched the book, you know, publishers submit your book to, to World Category Awards and mm-hmm. you don't blink an eye in it. You know, we were developing <laughs> other projects and working along and then we got word that uh, the Gourmand World Book Awards, which are the most credible global um, awards in book, particularly in cookery books, food and drink, mm-hmm. that we had been shortlisted to represent Ireland in a category and I remember reading it and thinking, wow, you know, I'm quite proud of that. But in a modest way, you sort of, you just nod your head and you keep going because you think what's next. Mm-hmm. And then we had been invited to China, Macau in China, just last year, actually, for the finals. And that got exciting because we thought, wow, you know, what an opportunity to go and see China. But what also an opportunity to actually be proud of where you've come from, the work mm-hmm. to date, and in particular, this book. So the category was the best cookery book in the world written by a chef. Wow. And I was up against, you know, chefs, three Michelin star chefs who that week had just been announced in, in the top 50 restaurants in the world. Jeez. We're sitting there and it comes down to third, second. And I actually don't remember then when apparently our book just appeared on the screen. And I oh remember the adrenaline and my heart thumping. <sighs> but what an award, not just for me, for Brendan, for my two girls and even Aoife, but for our community, for our county, and for our country. And it it made headline news here, which was very, very exciting nationally, um, Mm -hmm. that it had been done from the country of Ireland. So it's also changed things, Patrick, in a a very, very positive way, because Mm -hmm. people's perception of you changes, even though you don't. You know, all of a sudden, you have this global acclaimed book, sales Mm -hmm. go up. And more importantly, <laughs> you you certainly get your next book in the bag with the publishers sewn sure. up and guaranteed, which is ongoing <laughs> at the moment. Oh, cool. Well, you know, it's a beautiful cookbook and I'm not surprised at one. And and I have to say, when I opened the page, because again, I mentioned to you, I was getting the book so I could look to see what the, all the fuss was about. So in opening the page and again, with some family back in County Donegal, that meant a lot to me. And I'm 
some of the photos I could almost close my eyes and especially when you're outdoors kind of looking through some of your like your herb garden and and walking over with the fishmonger or the fish the fisherman I could almost breathe in and smell and feel like I'm right on the coast in Ireland it just really it's not just the food there's a really wonderful atmosphere about it but I do have to say there's some really cool recipes. And if I could just mention a couple of things that popped out to me when I read it. One thing, each recipe you have has at the bottom of the page, Brian's tips, which are really important because they're cool little tidbits on either making something a bit better uh, or an additional thing. How, how do you determine what tips you want to throw in there when you do a, a recipe, when you share one? Yeah, do you know, that's something that I very much wanted in this book was the little tips, because I think cooking is, as I said earlier, it's about the fundamentals. It's about the produce. It's where it comes from and being local to you, both in terms of seasonality, because we, we eat to get our vitamins to stay alive and to function. Other times we eat, you know, because we feel we need it. We deserve it. We're greedy. We're socializing. But mm-hmm. the fundamentals mm-hmm. are you do eat to get your vitamins and to stay alive. So I think the basic cooking skills that I'm talking to that we applied into each and every recipe is there to, I suppose, advance people in terms of their cooking. And then the tips come in as a, wow, a little bit and a little step further in Mm. things that you can do to change and alternate what you're doing. I mean, Mm. we can't go throwing a load of chilies into something that has young children eating and, you know, the mother-in-law coming around or maybe could add a few extra actually sometimes if she's coming (laughs) around. But, you know, the point I'm making is you cook for your audience and who's your audience? Your audience is your family and looking at their age and their category. So the little tips allowed me just to let people know they could go on another little journey after the recipe and make it their own because once again, when you purchase a book like Donegal Table, that's me presenting my recipes to you. And I want you to go on and I want you to change them. I want you to share the stories. And for you, definitely, and I can feel it and hear it in the emotions of you as well. It's a connection for you because mm-hmm. you're right. When you open that book, it has done what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. It has transferred you, you know, from, from, from California right back to Donegal. And I can assure you, if I open my window today or I walk <laughs> three yards out, the sea is in front of me, the coast, the sea salt, the smell could be from manure from a farming background, but there's something special about that and we never will hide that. That is just how green and clean this country (laughs) of Ireland actually is. Rocket pesto, amazing. So that caught me. And some of the actual combinations, there's a section, a lot of different recipes you share. Surf and turf sliders, which is cool. Okay, so the two come together in a slider form. Ultimate open farm sandwich, roasted honey and herb vegetables. I hadn't thought about throwing honey in there, so that's cool. Mammy's Irish stew. Got to have an Irish stew. Haven't made one, but I will. I'm going to post it on Instagram if you don't mind. If I can, kind want to kind of make some of your recipes and see if I can nail them, and then maybe post some photos. The Donegal catch. I like that healthy approach where you're baking, staying away from frying in this particular recipe, and and really going for the healthy bake of the fish. But the big one too that really caught my eye is something that really speaks to your family discussion. And that's the one pot wonders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all of what you mentioned in there is, is again, the sea and the land and, the, you know, the sliders, the surf and turf is, <laughs> is what I've talked about, about our beef. And, you know, I do say our, because we all contribute to not just what's going on and supporting it and championing it, but from the very biodiversity of what happens in food, that's something as a young chef, I don't think it is, is installed into you enough. So for me now, it's only in the last few years when, not when life slowed down, but certainly when I chose to slow life down based on having to improve my own health, Mm -hmm. then you get the sort of bit where you're thinking to yourself, there is more 
to the food, you know, where it comes from, how it grows, who produces it, who gets up at four o'clock in the morning and leaves in a boat, doesn't come back for five days, you know, and to have appreciation of that. And that's bringing those recipes that you mentioned together. I think of each and every person involved in the process when I'm doing a recipe. Mm -hmm. And if it is the fishermen, the farmers, you know, if it's just the man down the road from us who simply just has hens, who gives you eggs and you barter with him, you bake something and you take it back and rocket, you know, the rocket passed away idea very quickly just came mm. from <laughs> my father in law who, you know, things are, can be difficult to grow in Ireland. What we grow, we grow well, but we make loads of mistakes and <laughs> rocket has to be growing in a glass house or as we call it, a greenhouse. Ah. Um, the first year my father-in-law said it, it just, it went absolutely everywhere. So there was this abundance of a rocket. Now, rocket <laughs> is a, a, technically a lettuce, but, you know, it's quite a good flavor, all peppery sort of flavor, almost like a really strong herb. Mm. And in trying to use up and trying to basically make sure that that abundance of rocket, we could be eating it three months later, I had to do something. So nearly by accident, by mistake, we developed this lovely little pesto out of it. Mm -hmm. The stew is important. You know, you've got to have a stew in there. Um, and again, it's what we were reared upon, which mm -hmm. is the likes of a broth and a stew. A mm -hmm. broth being a soup that was unthickened, had barley, lentils in there, mm. and was the bone, you know, sometimes the leftover bone from the rich. Not, not that I remember that, but certainly in my mum's time, that's where that kind of originated from. And, you know, the one pot wonders is just taking you today. As I, as I talk to you, <laughs> I can smell because I've made a one pot wonder today. <laughs> no way. Uh, and again, it's beef. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. I, I, I'll actually post something on social media later. I think I did uh -huh. earlier actually as well today. Ah. But because I tend to do that because people need to see past the chef on yeah. times like this through lockdown and COVID for us, you're mm -hmm. still cooking in your home and people want to see your home. It's not that they want to see what you have. It's they want to see how you operate as a dad how that transforms from a professional chef to a dad. And, and that's the information I continually talk about, giving it away in both the book demonstrations and in media profiling, because if we don't give that away, we've got a problem with ourselves and not mm. wanting to share beautiful information about fantastic food that others potentially could improve their health by cooking far better for less money in nutrition and in health. What is the go-to meal that your family just loves that you make? when you come home or when you're home sometimes? Do you know, we have a few of them and we've mm -hmm. only seen that recently where we're sitting more now because we're not working as much. And when we sit around the table, the conversation always comes up, you know, what's for dinner tomorrow night? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, hang on here. Just let's just enjoy what we have. <laughs> How about tonight. leftovers? <laughs> uh, yeah. You Why know, and, and, come on. and the mind races, but it's like there's a conversation a day in advance all the time. And um, we particularly, we particularly love sitting down to a bit of Irish beef and whether mm. that is roasted, whether it's a, you know, a lesser cut that is braised or pot roasted, or it's simply a damn good steak in the form of, you know, a ribeye or a bit of rump. And we tend to enjoy that family style of service as well, where in the middle of the table, we might roast some vegetables. We might, you know, saute and caramelize some onions. Mm. We might have a fried egg that's quite runny just on the top of a well-seasoned steak with clarified nice. butter. Wow. You know, the simple things like that, that mm. all four of us can eat, enjoy, mm -hmm. and have a discussion about. Because I, I genuinely hold my hands up, Patrick, and say this. Um, I probably rushed for the last 20 years having dinner at home, thinking I always had somewhere else to go. I usually did, but it wasn't as important as sitting back now and enjoying. I mean, a very, very quick, funny story is um, 
just recently, I'm obviously with being home a lot, lot more now. Mm-hmm. We're 20 years in our home at the moment. And um, when we sat down just at the start of kind of COVID back in March, April, mm. we sat in the seats and we thought, God, these are really, really, really uncomfortable seats. So we had four <laughs> seats for the four of us. So we went and we changed our seats. We took comfortable seats from the hotel because they had closed <laughs> with COVID, yep. brought them up. And it's only in a way I sit back and thought about it. I said to myself, no, there's nothing wrong with the previous seats. It's just we never sat long enough around the table ah. and had that conversation. So, mm. yeah, loads of favorites that come <laughs> back then when you're, you're talking about food. Our daughters, you know, quite healthy. Um, finding younger generations here in Ireland are becoming very, very health conscious. You know, they love the likes of simple stir fry, just that is, again, locally grown vegetables, herbs from the garden, lightly seasoned, not too much going on. We're big fans of fish. We like a fish pie. We like the likes of a cottage pie, which has got mm. our mashed potatoes on the top of it, baked in the oven, you know, mm. with the braised beef and vegetables below it. Nice. So it's that family style of a service that you can drop in the middle of the table and not too much fuss, less dishes, more time at the table, good conversation and giving everyone, you know, like the ingredients that's in the dish, everyone should have their say. And that's what I always apply to cooking because less is more. There's mm. less ingredients in there. There's more of a flavor from each one of them. And it's the same around the table at home. Hmm. You know, the four of us is enough for everyone to be able to have their personality and let their conversation flow. And that's certainly what happens in our house. I can visualize a setting there. And they're all probably afraid to cook because dad cooks so well, yeah? No, actually, Neve is 18 now, our oldest girl. So Mm -hmm. she's studying broadcast journalism. So she's Hmm. been watching the media scene and thinking, I want a bit of that pie. Uh So she's gone off to university. So um, Mm -hmm. we've lost her in the last couple of weeks where she's left us. And and she hasn't Hmm. left us forever. It's part of the cycle of life. And we encourage that. So with sort of modern technology nowadays, you're in contact all the time. So I was quite worried with her going, thinking, can she actually cook, you know, and, <laughs> and not wanting to have that conversation, but knowing that there was confidence there and observation and watching and discussion and being around food festivals all over Ireland. Mm-hmm. She's bound to have picked up bits and pieces. <laughs> and that certainly is the case. She is cooking frantically and for her other students as well, fellow students, which is great to see. And she's mm-hmm. bringing a little bit of Ireland and Donegal across the UK, which, which is always great for the Irish to, I suppose, educate certainly more people when they're based in the United Kingdom, I can assure you. Well, you know, getting into broadcasting, she must be so proud of you, her dad. You know, you've got that BBC Radio Weekly slot. You're on TV often. So you're an inspiration to her. You know, I I never take those platforms for granted. It's like speaking to you right now, to me, is equally as important as being on television next Mm. week or doing my radio show tomorrow or you know, whatever it is I am doing, I think it's just, a, it's it's a way of transferring information. And if the person can communicate and, you know, let's be honest about it, they keep it real, they keep it honest, they keep it genuine. That seems to me what audiences buy. And when they buy into it, it may be the reason that you get to stay on certain platforms and you get a bit of a following. And, you know, we all have to be smart about that nowadays because people are watching every aspect of our lives when, you, you get to a certain point of what you show in what you do, but I certainly do not take any of those platforms for granted. I enjoy them. I'm 10 years doing the BBC radio. I'm nine years doing live television. Wow. Uh, I've got the books under my bed. I do a lot mm-hmm. of emceeing at food festivals and events. And, you know, you have a job to do when you're on those platforms in a professional way. And Neve's been around that. And I think that's where maybe she's got her interest of 
mm. some form of presenting and broadcasting in the future. So let's see. And, and certainly with all students, particularly this time of year, who are starting up in universities and so on. I think it's important we, we encourage and we wish them well and we help where we can in a mentoring sense as well. You've done so many things, Chef, and a lot of different platforms. I have a, probably a very small challenge for you, but I'm hoping that you can share maybe a simple recipe for our listeners that if they can make it home that will kind of let us maybe taste a bit of Donegal, County Donegal, which would be really important to me. So is there something you'd like to share? Yeah, I love the idea of what we were reared upon, which was if you can imagine, you know, an Irish farmhouse, an Irish cottage, and it had an open style of a stove, or we called it a range or a Stanley, which really was just the heating mechanism for the house that everyone gathered around. But it doubled up mm. as a, a cooking, um, mm-hmm. basically a stove. Uh, mm-hmm. And on that, there was always a massive pot, which was referred to as a broth. Mm-hmm. So a broth, and I call this my big hearty veggie, veggie broth. Okay. So it's literally going out and to the vegetables that we can get here, certainly locally, and they are the basics, or the carrots, or the onion, the celery, and the leek. You know, and it's that marriage of those four ingredients that starts off the sweat and foundation of this, just in a little bit of butter as well, which is important, particularly in Ireland, because we, we love our butter. We absolutely love it. And I do, yeah. honestly, believe we've, we have got the best butter in the world. It's why I think it's been, you know, it's, it's quite doubled its price yeah, in the famous. last three years because... <laughs> It's internationally um, been acclaimed and everyone wants it. So, mm. But also in the recipes, we're going to put in some barley. And, and barley, you know, again, just steeped in history for Ireland, both in terms mm. of beer and brewing. And, and also it was great sort of nutrition that my mum, I can remember, must have knew that it gave us. So the barley was mm. soaked and it was slowly cooked in there with the vegetables and then a bay leaf put in and some diced potato, which for us was in the field next door. But, mm-hmm. you know, potatoes, natural starch, it'll help to thicken it slightly. Mm-hmm. And then there was a bone or the carcass of a chicken mm-hmm. always put in. Mm-hmm. And then it was topped up uh, and it was only water because the water, my mum always believed. And if you think about this convenient stock cubes that potentially, you know, some of us use, she says, you don't need that because how are they made? The vegetables that are in there, the barley, oh, the carcass, mm. they're producing the stock. And particularly when you're not looking to fast cook this, slowly cook it out. And then, you know, that serves with some fresh chopped parsley. And mm. I'm, I'm sharing nice. this because <laughs> it talks to me from the heart. It's what mm. has reared each and every one of us. And at least two to three times a week, we had a big hearty vegetable broth. And you can Pile that up with whatever vegetables you wish, but mm-hmm. with the barley in there, the little breakout bits of the chicken or the bone, or mm-hmm. if it was beef you were lucky enough to have, the strands of that would fall apart. The barley would open up and get cooked, absorbing the flavors, you know, of the onion, the celery, the carrot, the leek, the sweetness, the bitterness. You're balancing all of those taste buds, but it just feels like something in a bowl that, you know, you literally could hug and just go, <laughs> I am happy now <laughs> oh, and I'm man. safe. You know, keep using the word safe with food. That's so important that when you're sitting for a meal, people feel safe. You know, in a restaurant, in a hotel, we do that professionally. But how many people make sure they do it at home? You know, just switch the TV off for a while. Just switch the devices off. Mm -hmm. Just sit there, have a conversation. Make sure you're looking, you know, your daughter straight in the eye and you're finding out what went on that day. Because Mm -hmm. I, I go back to the point that our home and our kitchen table is a boardroom. 
you will find out all the information there and we will help and assist each other. But food is the catalyst to just making sure that we are all okay within our own environment. And now more than ever, I think that is key, key, fundamental we all should focus on. That's beautiful. Well, so well said. Chef, you know, I know that a couple more things before we, I let you go. There is an Irish festival annual one. I believe this one was canceled this year because of COVID in July, but it's in Milwaukee. Do you think they'll have that next year? And are you able to make it? Well, you know, I hope so. I really, really do. Because the Irish Fest in Milwaukee, it's the biggest Irish festival in the world. And it's really just a celebration where everyone comes together and we show our culture, our heritage. So this year I was to go out and I was to demonstrate three times a day to to huge audiences. And I was going to bring Donegal Table, bring ingredients from here, let people smell, see, touch, taste and hear all about our fantastic county. Mm. So with everything that's going on, that has been postponed. But the date is set for next year, which is August the 19th to the 22nd Mm. in Milwaukee. So uh, I have invited back out and I can tell you it is firmly in my diary and I so hope that I can get out there. And who knows, Patrick, we may meet up. I hope to meet you before then. If everything clears up, I'll get to Donegal and then uh, I'll definitely want to make it to Milwaukee with my wife, Sonia, and my sister, Peggy. She's, uh, she and I are very close and she's been to Ireland. I haven't, so I wish I had. Well, you know, I want to thank you for this interview today, Chef. And, and also then I love your, your potted, what would you call that, a stew or is that a, uh, a soup? I made a chicken soup last night and I'm, I was missing barley. I'm thinking, how come I didn't make this soup today or tonight because I made it yesterday and I missed all the tips. <laughs> well, well it's, it's quite interesting because you touched upon is it a soup or is it a stew? And mm-hmm. Neve, who I talked about earlier, I was doing a demonstration one time and I was actually doing a stew. Mm-hmm. It was around about St. Patrick's Day and a festival weekend. Mm-hmm. And with doing a demonstration, you know, you've got a limited time. So it hadn't thickened up into a proper stew. Mm-hmm. So we were backstage afterwards and we were talking and Neve says, yeah, it's more like a stoop. She says it's between a soup, a soup and a, and a I stew. Need, I need to perfect that. <laughs> I know. So she has prevented a new category, which is a stoop, which oh, is a, a, really an excuse if you're in between the soup and the stew. So I'm sure you managed okay with that last night. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Well, listen, Chef, how can we find you? How can the listeners follow you? I know of a few things we can do, but can you share your contact information with the listeners? Absolutely. I'd love to. And and I'm very, very open to hearing from people because Mm. this is what it's about. Life is about conversation and Mm. sharing experiences and helping each other. So my new website is launching very soon, actually. Mm -hmm. So it is just going to be chefbrianmcdermott.com. And I'm very active on Twitter and just at chefbrianmcdermott as well. And obviously then on Instagram and on other social media platforms like Facebook. But certainly engage with us if you're listening to this and we'll quickly come back to you. We'll start a conversation and certainly share culture, stories and otherwise, which is what it's all about, certainly on this platform. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast with me today, Chef. It's an honor, but also a kind of a dream come true for me because I feel closer to my my grandma's homeland just by speaking with you and you've opened up uh, something for me. It's a new adventure in my future. So thank you so much again for being on the show, Chef. 
Well, Patrick, I can assure you and um, the connection that you have and um, back to Donegal, you'll be welcomed with open arms and you have a base here. You'll be well fed. You will get the best information that we <laughs> oh, can man. give you that you track down what is your family because without family, we are nothing. And that's a big part of our values here in Donegal. So thank you. And it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure to have been on this podcast with you. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at Believe.com. And follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.